Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 11 of the Everyday Enthusiast podcast, Half Scrapped. I am Chris, your Everyday Enthusiast, and here is where I like to talk about some of the things that interested me the most over the last week. Before we get started, I just wanted to say that this podcast is available on most major podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Spotify, Overcast, and many others. If you want to like, rate, and subscribe where applicable, uh, it would be greatly appreciated. I can also be reached at everydayenthusiastpodcast at gmail.com. No dots, dashes, or spaces. Again, that's everydayenthusiastpodcast at gmail.com. All right, on with the show. Okay, so Happy New Year, everybody. Uh, I think this is going to be a bit of a transitional episode. Number 11, changing it up a little bit. Um, A lot of the articles that I'm going to talk about here, or a lot of the things rather, are from previous weeks. I didn't really think that there was going to be a lot to talk about over the holidays. I did take off two weeks. I'm also a bit under the weather. I'm just kind of coming out of that. But I didn't want to miss another week. I wanted to get right back at things in the new year. So I did also scrap a lot of the items that I was going to talk about for some newer ones. Um, But again, I think this episode is really maybe going to be the last of like the long form episodes where I talk about you know, four topics and kind of give, you know, some deep thoughts into each topic. I think I'll still do that if I catch myself rambling. But what I really want to do is kind of just touch on a lot more stuff. You know, there's a lot of things I decide not to talk about because the episode's getting too long or something like that. And I don't know, I don't want to limit myself, right? Uh, If I like something, if I see something, I like it, I kind of want to bring it up, even if it's just, hey, check this out. I really think it's cool. I think you guys should look at it. Um, And I leave a lot of that stuff out. So I think moving forward, it's going to be a lot more, uh, you know, here's a topic. Go check out the article. These are my quick thoughts on it and move on to the next thing. But we'll see. This is always an ever evolving uh, hobby of mine. So anyway. Also, uh, to bring up the, the notes section again, I'm still working on the show notes. I really don't know what I'm going to do in the end. You know, I tried, you know, starting the blog and putting the link to the blog where you can get to all the the, uh, the links uh, to the articles. Uh, but Anchor adds their little link at the end of the show notes and it runs right up against the end of my link. So if you copy everything, you you, you can't get there. You actually have to make sure you're not copying the copying the anchor link. So I, I don't know. I, I need to figure something out. Maybe I'm doing the show notes wrong. I, I don't really know. We'll see if there's something I can do there to clean it up. Okay. So our first topic today is about smartphone decline. Now the article that I'm going to link to was from New York Mag. It was actually released on 12-4 of last month, but also last year. And then at the end here, I want to touch on the article, uh, all this stuff that happened with uh, the iPhone and predictions and everything like that. So um, the original article, like I said, it's from New York Mag. I was going to talk about this on a previous episode, but 
it, it was already getting kind of long. However, I didn't want to let this topic pass me by, at least without getting my two cents in, okay? To start, uh, I, I don't know whether to be sad or glad about this report, right? I, I'm torn. As someone who loves new tech, I'm torn between wanting to see these companies continue to have good sales in order to fuel new and exciting products. On the other hand, you know, realizing that it's all just a ploy, right? To separate us from our dollars. And that we, you know, I, we, we should not, in fact, be getting a new phone so often. I know I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm not making a lot of sense. I'm still working in about a 50% fog as far as being sick. But um, anyway, so the article talks about the uh, adoption of smartphones by the masses and how it's not just seeing a stagnation, but a decline. Um, so here are some of the many meandering thoughts that I have on the subject. First, uh, why do we think that we need to upgrade every single year or even every other year for that matter? Now, this portion is admittedly talking about how we got here, right? I think some of it uh, comes from the marketing push that we see from these smartphone manufacturing companies, you know, Samsung, Apple, LG, etc. And, and they design these ads to make us think we need to upgrade more often than we really do. If it's better, then I need it. But what are we really paying for? You know, better, better cameras, augmented reality. Maybe, maybe what we're paying for is not the question. Maybe the question should be, what are we doing with our phone that you couldn't do with last year's or even the one before that? And maybe that is the question that many are starting to ask themselves, which is why we're seeing, uh, we're starting to see these smartphone sales decline. Actually, they point out that in the article that the average upgrade cycle has increased from roughly 20 to 24 months. So what does this mean? Uh, it means that smartphone manufacturers are not making as much money. And so they are trying to come up with new, more enticing ways to get us to drop our money on a new phone to replace the old one that was working just fine, okay? Uh, some of this is the upgrade cycle, right? Uh, Apple has me uh, locked in to their upgrade cycle. You know, I'm on their upgrade program where I pay them every month and I'm eligible to get a new phone every 12 months when the new phone comes out, even though the one I have at that time is perfectly fine. I wish I could get off this cycle and I don't know, maybe I can, who knows, I'm not sure, but we'll, we'll get to that. Uh, I guess I'm not all that torn actually, because the more I talk about this, the more I get annoyed and mad that we are being made to believe that we need to spend more money on more money on new things we don't need. I hate feeling like a sheep, you know, that just follows the herd, even if that is sometimes the case. I, I wish it wasn't. So do I want this smartphone smartphone decline to turn around? Not particularly, I guess. People don't need to upgrade their phones any sooner. They, in fact, would be fine holding on to them even longer. But I do want to see some changes. And some of these changes could lead to a bit of a turnaround. Uh, that is getting, this is getting a look, a look, it's getting a little convoluted. But to be clear, we are talking about a turnaround in the smartphone sales decline. So a smartphone sales increase or not. Maybe it won't lead to an increase. I don't know what would make the masses buy more phones, but I know what would make me buy more phones. And 
that's what I want to focus on here for the next couple of minutes or next minute, hopefully. It's not that long. In my mind, it's going to take some real innovation to turn the decline around. Not better than this or better than that, but something truly life changing. Now, I know I tend to get a little dramatic here and I am here as well, uh, but Think about when smartphones first started to pour onto the scene, how amazing they were. The ability they gave you, the abilities that they gave you, the things you could do with them that you couldn't do before. And that is kind of the, or that is the kind of change that I'm talking about here. So what is that change? Maybe a new direction, maybe a smaller phone. Look, I joke, right? Um, but maybe some people are holding on to iPhone SEs the iPhone SE, or even a 6 or a 7 or an 8, because they don't want these massive phones. I'm not saying that this is life-changing, okay, but it's something worth considering. Uh, there is a growing movement of dumb phone adoption. Uh, take the new Palm phone, for instance. The main appeal here is that it demands less of your attention, right? Maybe a smaller phone would let us walk away more often. I don't know, food for thought. Maybe that would be life-changing. Maybe a smaller phone wouldn't draw us in as much and we would be able to walk away and spend more time, I don't know, outside or with our kids or something. That, that really would be life-changing for me. I go out of my way not to be on my phone when I'm with my son. And, you know, maybe I, I'm actually really good. If I do say so myself, I'm really good about not being on my phone around my son. And maybe a smaller phone would be all the more reason to not be on it even when I'm not around him, when he's sleeping. I don't need to be on my phone all the time. Outside of that, I really don't know what is going to make a huge change, right? Uh, but I want to talk about it. So email me, right? Another topic uh, that I want to touch on here, like I said at the beginning here, is Apple, okay? How they apparently, they are apparently outside of this smartphone decline bubble, or so we thought, right? So, um, so I want to jump ahead because I had a bunch of stuff there about how, you know, Apple's outside of this bubble and they, they're charging us more money and they're seeing more growth, but that might not be the case, right? Because, uh, because there was an article, um, well, a lot of articles actually in the last week or so, I get, I think it was last week about how Apple had to come on board and they had to go public and release a letter to their investors saying that their uh, projection for how much money they're going to make was off. They thought that they were going to make more money than they actually are. The last time they did this, I, if I'm remembering correctly, was like 2002. And so this is huge. I mean, look, they're still going to have their second largest quarter ever on record in the entire history of the company. So it's not like they're hurting. They just anticipated they were going to sell, I don't know, 93 million or billion dollars worth of you know, revenue or make $93 billion in revenue. And now they come back and they're saying they're going to make 84 or 85 or something like that. But the point is, is that they thought they were going to sell so many iPhones and they said 100% of that Delta, right? Where they thought they were going to make so much and that, that Delta where they're not making as much as they thought was from iPhone sales. Now they tried to blame that on China and China's economy and how it's not doing so good. But I mean, regardless, it's it was purely iPhone. And I don't know that they should have really 
pointed that out, to be honest with you. The iPhone is their, their biggest product by far in the history of the company, in the history of consumerism. It is one of the biggest products ever. And to say that it's not doing as well as they anticipated, I don't know. But anyway, maybe they're not outside of this bubble. Like I, I had all these notes to talk about. I don't think they are. All right. The next thing I wanted to talk about was an article released on 1213. And it's in regards to iPhone thickness, right? So the article on Mac Rumors talks about the thickness of past iPhones. Now, I knew for the last couple of uh, years, phones had been getting ever so slightly thicker. But I didn't realize it's been progressing for the last five or six years. The, the focus here is on Samsung displays uh, that right now, uh, th that are right now able to integrate the touch layer into the display layer itself. So right now, those are two separate parts that are stacked on top of each other. And I think the reduction in thickness is going to be so minute that we will hardly notice. I, I personally, I think we'll hardly notice. Maybe it'll be a ever so slight, uh, you know, downgrade in thickness. I don't know. What they do say is that it could greatly reduce cost for Apple because given, you know, they're they're now only having to buy one component as opposed to two that they're purchasing right now for every single phone. What bugs me about this is that we won't see any price change. You know we won't. Phones will stay the same price. Actually, they will more than likely increase, but Apple will see savings. Uh, and will they pass along those savings on to us? No, they won't. So anyway, thinner, more expensive iPhones. Yay. Okay. The next topic here is Fuchsia OS. I have to warn you, this topic really doesn't go anywhere. Okay. There's no real discussion to be had uh, or revelation to be reached at the end. It's just something that I have wanted to talk about for a while. And that is, like I said, uh, Fuchsia OS. The, the video link uh, is from a YouTube channel called Mr. Who's the Boss. And it gives a great explanation of what Fuchsia is and why Google is working on it. Or I forgot to, uh, uh, to mention, this is being developed by Google. This is an OS. It is uh, said that it will replace Android, not officially, I don't think, but that is kind of the consensus. So like I said, it is an OS like Android or iOS. And why the change? Especially since Android makes up something crazy like 90% of all mobile devices out there. Don't quote me on that number, but it is high. It's not far off from that if I had to guess. So Fuchsia is designed to be able to run headless or interfaceless, if you will, meaning that it doesn't need an interface. So it can be put on smart devices like your thermostat or your smart speaker or your coffee maker, maybe. Anyway, uh, you can also use it with an interface, meaning that it can be the same OS running on all the things you're connected to, including your phone. This would mean a much more seamless communication between all of those things. There isn't a lot to talk about here. Like I said, Google is keeping the details pretty quiet. Uh, I mean, we, we have seen it. Uh, and you can actually download it yourself to play with, I believe. I, I think that you can, but it's still very much an idea with uh, a lot to be worked out still. At least if you ask me, that is. I really don't see this being released on devices anytime soon. 
So what can we talk about here? Uh, we can say that the updates will be faster because they will be coming directly from Google. They don't have to go through a carrier or anything like that. As far as I know, the smartphone manufacturers will not be able to skin it or they won't. I, I don't know, maybe they will be able to, but I think what I heard is that they would not be able to. So if they choose to put this on their phones, they can't skin it. It has to be Fuchsia as was developed by Google. That is to say, um, they can't change the way it looks. That's what the skinning means. We've talked about that on past episodes, uh, like they do with Android. A lot of these companies, you know, Samsung puts their skin over Android. So it looks like Samsung phones. Um, like I said before, it will be the same system running on your phone and on your connected devices. Android apps will be able to run on it. And there's a link in the show notes, um, alluding to that where it was just confirmed, late last week that um, they have they have confirmed that Android apps will be able to run on it. So there's no ramp up time for developers to jump on board. Anyway, I just wanted to bring this up because it is very interesting. Uh, as we have talked about in the past, I love design and I thought uh, a completely new mobile OS in the wild is exciting. Uh, what might that look like? We, we have a little bit of a, a preview for that in the past we've seen, but you know, it could look a lot different. You know, it's in very early stages right now. How will it operate? I really don't know the answers to these questions. Honestly, uh, it's just fun to think about. At any rate, I will try to keep you guys posted on any more development uh, as they are announced. Okay, so the uh, next topic I want to talk about and potentially, well, no, not the last topic here. Um, but the next topic, topic number four is bent iPads. All right, back to Apple. So the article linked in the show notes is from The Verge, but a ton of outlets reported on this. Apparently, some are reporting, some people are reporting receiving bent iPads in the mail. Look, I am late to the game in reporting on this or talking about this. This has come out over the last couple weeks, but I took off two weeks because of the holidays and illness, and I'm still not over it. Hope you guys are okay with the voice here. I'm hoping to be back to normal by next Monday. We'll see. At any rate, um, this is in reference to the new 2018 iPad Pros. While that is, uh, a bit, it's a bit of a story, right? That these iPad Pros are being shipped bent. That is not exactly the focus of the topic here or what I want to focus on. I want to focus on Apple's response. And that response is that the side effect, not default, mind you, but side effect uh, is a result of the manufacturing process and get this should not worsen over time are you joking me this is apple apple is charging people a minimum of 799 dollars to get one of these things and they aren't taking any responsibility for customers getting bent products this is i'm getting worked up here it's really not that big a deal uh, I mean, it's a big it's a big deal if you spent eight hundred plus dollars and you got a bent product. Uh, but a company at this level, at uh, the level of Apple, should be held to a higher standard. Uh, they should hold themselves to a higher standard. This is a response I would expect from a knockoff Chinese company. Um, that is no. This is not a political podcast. That is no comment on China or Chinese companies. I'm just saying China. They they have there's a lot of these small chinese companies that knock off the look and feel of a lot of apple let's just let's just use apple apple products i am not commenting on china in any way 
Um, that's not what I do here. But from one of the biggest companies in the world, I, I just don't know what to say here. I would like to say that this is, uh, I guess this is just disappointing, but it's more than that. It's maddening. It really, really is. And I don't even own one of these. I, I don't. If I had dropped that much money on one, uh, had the issue and was given that response, it, it, I would think that it would even be enough to push me away from the brand as a whole. I really hope that I would be able to make that jump being given that response. I know some others that have had negative experiences with Apple and have made the jump and are doing just fine. Uh, look, I'm I'm not really sure how to end this one. I will keep you guys posted on any updates because I am going to be, I am very interested in how this plays out. I really hope this isn't the end of it. Um, they need to be held accountable for shipping damages uh, or shipping damaged products, no matter what the cause. Um, they have released since taking these notes here. I'm at the end of my notes, but they have released uh, a video on the manufacturing process. I think this is to try and say, hey, this is what happens and it's normal, blah, blah, blah. And because of the new design, it might show the imperfection more. I don't think that gives them a pass, but whatever. Anyway, uh, I do believe, uh, so the next topic here is an Apple Watch. Uh, so I got some extra money for Christmas and I decided to put that toward an Apple Watch. Yes, I hate myself for it. I really do. But using the original Apple Watch is what uh, allowed me to drop over 40, 45 pounds initially uh, over the last year, year and a half. Uh, it was great to be able to track my calories burned over the course of a day and track workouts. It is by no means necessary. I, uh, I'm not disgusted with myself that I bought it. I think that I will really enjoy it. Um, you know, being able to keep track of things. I, I am a faster intermittent fasting. There is an app that I use called Zero, which is a great app. They have a an Apple Watch complication that is very handy so that when you're done eating, you just tap on it, you hit start fast, and it counts down however many hours you decide to fast. I do 16 myself, a uh, 16-hour fast and an eight-hour window of eating. And uh, it's really nice to just have it on your wrist and for it to tell you when you're done fasting. You don't even need to look at your phone. I have been able to walk away from my phone more recently too. The only problem here is that uh, my son does like to play with it. Uh, more than a normal digital watch, which is what I had before. Um, and for somebody that flirts with Android uh, and gets more and more mad with Apple products and the decisions that they make every day, it really makes no sense for me. I mean, I'm making excuses as to why I bought it, but it, look, in the end, I'm a hypocrite. I think we've established that in the past. At any rate, Maybe I'll update everybody at some point as to how it's going. Um, I do like the design and, uh, uh, you know, maybe the health aspects will save my life one day. Who knows? I don't know. So uh, I think my voice is getting worse here. The last topic I want to talk about is just quickly the iPad mini five. Uh, now there's not a ton to talk about here. Um, there is an article in Mac rumors about a new case for the iPad mini five that leaked. Uh, but look, you you knew I was going to bring it up, right? If it came out, if it was about an iPad mini, we've talked about that before, you knew I was going to bring it up. Uh, even if I did, you know, let's jump back to Android for just a quick second here and 
I'm going off my notes, so I hope this isn't rambling too much. But if I were to jump to an Android phone, I would have to have an iPad. I know I, I do have an iPad. I'm recording this on an iPad now. I'm in love with the, the size of the iPad mini. I just want an updated one. Um, I would have to keep an iPad just to stay in the iOS ecosystem. And I hate myself for that. I just made that comment before about the watch, but I, I would, my whole family is on iOS. It's just easier to, um, to be able to be in that ecosystem, be able to still have iMessage if I really needed to, or some other form, I mean, to FaceTime, to be able to still FaceTime them from an iPad so that we could, you know, get the grandkids in front of in front of their grandparents. It is a necessity. Even if my wife still has a phone, I don't want to make her, uh, you know, responsible for that all the time. So anyway, um, just something I wanted to talk about there. Uh, anyway, the, the thing of note here, or a couple things of note, so there's four speaker cutouts, which means we might get surround uh, speakers, surround sound, or as much surround as you can. There's a vertical camera cutout, which means we might have, you know, one or maybe even two lenses, and then a flash uh, underneath that. Uh, there's a headphone jack. That's very nice. And then a possible cutout for the smart connector, which means we could it could be compatible with, um, you know, some of the smart folio cases. Personally, I would not use those. I don't use uh those keyboards they're hideous we i use mechanical keyboards we've talked about that before so uh, it's hard to tell if uh it will have any new hardware design i really hope that it does i really hope it um it adopts the new ipad pro design that's what's going to get me to buy a new one i'm not going to buy a new ipad mini if it's the exact same design as before just with some upgraded specs um what i want is a new device uh, so if it if it is the new design with a better pro processor and everything, I might be on board. Hard to say. I'm really trying not to spend as much money in the new year, but if I can justify it, I will. We'll see. I don't know. All right, folks. Well, that is going to do it for today. As is always the case, I can be reached at everydayenthusiastpodcast at gmail.com. No dots, dashes, or spaces. Again, that's everydayenthusiastpodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow along on Twitter, username at everyenthusiast. I may be dropping that shortly. There's no engagement there. I hate Twitter. I really don't use it all that much. So that may be going away. So for everybody on Twitter, for the one or two of you, maybe, I do apologize if you like to click through the links there, but I don't know that it's doing much good. And I think this podcast can live on without it. Also, I'm on Instagram at Every Enthusiast Podcast. I have not put up a single post there. Don't know that I ever will. I just want to own the domain so that nobody else takes it. As I said before, this podcast is available on most major podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Spotify, Overcast, and many others. Please like, rate, and, and subscribe where applicable. And until next time, stay enthusiastic. <laughs>